Thank you, worship team. And um, I want to, you to help me welcome this morning our guest speaker, Aziel Nunez. He's been uh, around here a lot over the years, and we're going to keep, every time he comes, I want him to come speak because I, I know he's got a word for us, and he's a, an anointed man of God. He came through our master's commission um, how many years ago? A bunch. 2014, so six years ago, he graduated our Master's Commission program, and he's been leading a ministry in, in uh, Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, called Ignite. It's kind of a Master's Commission type of program, and he's been leading that now for a few years, and the Lord's blessing his ministry. He also has an evangelistic ministry where he gets to travel and preach the Word of God. So we're so excited to have him with us this morning. So would you just give him a hand and help me welcome Ozzy. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Appreciate it. <laughs> Love you too. How are you, church? God bless you, church. I know every time I come, I try to uh, interact with the crowd, but it's an honor and a privilege to be here with all of you. Um, I know First Assembly is, is family to me, and um, for those of you who know me, obviously, I, like Pastor Dave mentioned, I've been through the Master's Commission program. And it's a great privilege to be before you guys this morning. And um, I also have here with me uh, my wife, as I call her, the sugar to my coffee, the caramel to my ice cream, and as, as well as my family, I have my sister, my mom, and her husband, and their nieces. And so it's been great to being able to take a, a, a break after and, you know, what most of us call a crazy year. Right, 2020 has been a crazy year for all of us. And so I know that in, in, in the midst of it all, I know this. I remember as I was, I was, as we were entering in 2020, and it was around 2019 in November, where the Lord spoke a word over my life, and he said, you know, this is what I believe is going to happen this year. And it was found in Romans chapter four, verse 28. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 28, it says, In the midst of hopelessness, Abraham believed the Lord. And what he believed was given to him because he believed God. And so, in another translation, it says, In the midst when the odds were against him, Abraham believed God. And God was able to give him what he was believing God for. And so I believe in that time, the Lord was speaking this word, and it was 2019, the odds may look like they are against you, but they were going to be in your favor. And so I want to speak that over your life this morning. That's not the title of the message that I have today, um, but I felt to share that with you because as we've been going through the year 2020, it feels sometimes as the odds are against you. It seems like everything is coming against you. It seems like uh, there's an overwhelming mountain of worry and hesitation, but the Lord says that the odds are in your favor if you will believe, amen? And so for the past three years, uh, we've been planting a school of ministry, as Pastor Dave shares. And um, before I get into the word, I kind of want to give a little report of the work we've been doing over there because I believe that um, as First Assembly supports us and supports this ministry, it's only fair uh, to allow you guys to know the work that we have been doing. And so from 2017 to 2020, Isaac, if you have that slide, appreciate if you put that up. Um, 
we've been able to minister for the past uh, three years, you will say, to about 28,000 people in just different conferences and churches and mission trips that we've been able to take part of, as well as we've visited about 51 churches. Um, and, and also, when it comes to states, we visited about 13 states, 31 cities, and uh, the amount of students that we have ministered to has been 88 students in the summer internship, and then 31 students in the school of ministry, and then 11 students in the ministerial institute. That, those are adults, parents of those students that come to the school of ministry. And so, as you know, this is the work that God, by his grace, has been allowing us to do. And so you guys take part of that. Why? Because you're sowing into this ministry. And so it hasn't been easy, but it definitely has been worth it because God has been through it all in the midst of it all. And so as I get into the word this morning, I want you all to go with me to Revelation chapter 3. And um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to ask you all to stand uh, as we read God's word. And we're going to do something before we get into God's word. I definitely want to lift up this nation in prayer. You know, when, when we come to church, I believe that we don't come to church to just receive. We come to church to be activated in what God has placed in us during the week. That's what I believe the church is for. In the, in, the, in the New Testament, when the Church of Acts would get together, they didn't just come to just receive something. They came together to activate something in the, in the, in the place, and that is to activate the faith. And so as all of you know, uh, our nation is going through a lot of things that we're navigating through. And regardless of how we may feel, at the end of the day, God calls us to step into that place of prayer and pray for our leaders. Pray for every single person who may feel injustice and different things, but God is calling us to pray in a place of prayer, amen? And so before we get into the word, I want us to lift up our nation, lift up our police officers, lift up the minority groups, lift up the people of God, because at the end, that is God's heart, amen? So Father, we just thank you this morning. We're praying God for the United States of America. As our nation in different states and different cities are going through uh, hardships, oh God, protests, oh God, and different situations, we believe that you are the God that can bring peace and order in the midst of chaos. We believe that you are the God that still does miracles even in the midst of uncertainties, Lord. And so right now, God, we pray for a precedent. We pray for our leaders, God. We pray for the authorities that you have set up in place in order to lead us in this world, but as well as those who have, you have set up spiritually over our lives, Lord God, to lead us. Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus, you will bring the spirit of reconciliation in this nation. That you will bring a spirit of peace. That you will bring a spirit of forgiveness. And that you will bring a spirit of grace upon us all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 2. In the Passion Version translation, the Bible says, Wake up. Strengthen all that remains before it dies. For I, have found, I haven't found your works to be perfect 
in the sight of God. Amen? You may all take your seat. The Bible tells us in Revelation, and it's this phrase that caught my attention, and that is to strengthen what remains. To strengthen what remains. And we can take this verse in so many different ways. You know, I know that when we read the book of Revelation, it's kind of like one of those books that you don't want to get into because there's so many things in there. But at the same time, that's what the church needs. That's what we need in this time. Revelation is the book that we need to be in, especially now in the last days that we're living in. And so in Revelation, God calls us to strengthen what remains. What does that mean for us as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a husband? What that means for us is that God no longer wants us to stand by the sidelines and watch the church be inactive in the times that we're living in. Amen? God is calling us to stand up and pray and believe in a world where everybody seems to be turning out of control. He says it is for such a time as this where everybody has difference of opinions. I'm calling you to stay in my word. In a time like this where people have different views and, and different places where they're growing up, God is calling us to rise up and believe that God is hearing our prayers. In the Bible, the people of God was always facing different enemies throughout their lifetime. Israel had to face many nations, many group of people that represented something in their lives. And today I want to close in on this group called the Parasites. These were a group of people who their names in the Greek version, their name means rebellion. And so we see today in our nation how a spirit of rebellion from the enemy has been released into the atmosphere. But you and I are called to cancel that spirit in Jesus' name. I believe we're living the same symptoms as in that time where people were rebelling against the people of God, where people were rebelling against the system. And when there is no right or wrong, we know there is chaos. When there is no laws that we need to follow, we know there is no restrictions. And so I believe that in the word of God, God has purposely put restrictions, boundaries for us to walk in in order for us to enjoy the life that God has placed for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen? I believe that God is giving us perfect boundaries. God is giving us his word. God is giving us a foundation for us to live in the midst of this world. This is not your world. We are foreigners in this place because our heavenly world is in heaven. That is where we belong. That is, where, that is the ultimate goal of why you and I are here today. But in the times that we're living in, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of racial division, in the midst of people losing their jobs and their spiritual life being in a state of doubt and unbelief, God Ask us, and I believe each and every one of us are asking ourselves this question, God, are you hearing our prayers? 
God, are you hearing our supplication? God, are you bringing healing into these places that we've been praying for? And so the Bible tells us again, strengthen what remains because at the end of the day, in this church, in Revelation chapter 3, the rebuke that the Lord gave that church was one of the hardest. I believe that. But the history books also shows that this city, Sardis, had one of the biggest synagogues in the whole world because they heeded to repentance and to submit into what God was calling them to be. So when the Lord speaks about strengthening what remains, it's because he's trying to get our attention. Strengthening what remains, right? He says, you, I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are actually dead. And so many times, as I've been working with families, with students, we know that in the outside, we can look very good, but inside our homes, there can be chaos. In the outside, our marriages can look pretty on a Facebook picture, but it can be a very different thing inside of homes. I know that, and I have lived that, and I have gone to witness that in many of the people that I minister to. So I say this, God says, strengthen what remains. Bible says that Jesus was calling on this church because they were spiritually dead. And not that they were spiritually dead, but he was calling them because there was something that was still remaining and they needed to make it alive. They needed to bring it back up again. And so I believe that even though you're here, even though there may be people that were here and no longer here, they may be walking in the world and different things, I believe that there's something remaining in them. Why? Because they've seen God's goodness. They've seen God work in their lives. And so the Bible says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. When God says, strengthen what remains, while Paul says, but you, men of God, but you, woman of God, run after these things. And he says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take a hold of the eternal life that God is giving you. You were called and you have made a good confession. For what? In the presence of many witnesses. And spiritually speaking, a strengthening what remains means this. There was a one point of time where everything that you were leading your life had to do with God. You wouldn't dare to make a decision without God, meaning God was your internal GPS. And so every decision that you will make, you first prayed about it. You first seek the Lord about it. But the Lord says, strengthening what remains is this, that now we're just making decisions based on what it looks good or that it feels good. That's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible says before you make a decision, before you take a step of faith, you need to be it needs to be confirmed by the Spirit of God in you, and there needs to be a confirmation among the witnesses that are around you. And so when the Bible says, strengthen what remains, God is making a call, spiritually speaking, for us to strengthen our relationship with Him. Amen. Maybe what remains is that you're still coming to church but your Bible is no longer in use. Maybe what remains is that you call upon God in prayer when you really, really, really have a need. But sometimes we don't thank God, even in the midst of circumstances. And so when the Bible says, strengthen what remains, 
He is calling us to strengthen that relationship with him. That we wouldn't dare to make a move without him giving the okay. That we wouldn't dare to say a word without him giving us the direction to. Because I believe that is the best place that you and I can be. Sometimes as people, we can get impatient. Sometimes as people, we can get desperate to move and to take a step because we don't like waiting. I'm currently reading this devotional, and it's called, Everybody Likes Winning, But Nobody Likes Waiting. Everybody likes winning, but nobody likes waiting. But it's in the process of waiting for God to speak to you, for you to make a decision, for you to give direction to your life. That is where the blessing of God is going to be. Somebody say amen. Amen. Speaking family-wise, strengthening what remains means this. There was once a time where Jesus was the center of your home. Where Jesus was shared with your children, with your wife, with your husband. But now, technology has gone in the way. So no longer people are spending time together at the kitchen table. No longer are families speaking about the issues that needs to be spoken to. But everything remains hidden in the back. But as families strengthening what remains, God says, I'm calling you and I'm making a call to you fathers to be the priests of your home, to you mothers to be intercessors and a support to your home. He is calling us to strengthen what remains because a house divided cannot stand together. So God is making a call for us to strengthen what remains because maybe what is left is that you can still ask for forgiveness. Maybe what remains is you can still have a conversation with that person that hurt you the most. I heard this, and I believe because I lived it as well. The people that will hurt you the most are the people the closest to you. But I also heard that when those opposition comes against you, when those situation comes against you, don't use that as saying exit to no longer deal with the situation. But that hurt, that feeling that you may be feeling because somebody close to you hurt you, use that as a place for you to go deeper into prayer. Use that as, an, as a perspective for you to go deeper into the word. Use that for you to now make yourself become second and allow God to heal you from those wounds so that forgiveness and peace can reign in your home. Amen? Young people, God also calls you to strengthen what remains. And what does that mean for you? That means that for you not to allow the culture to silence your belief or to cancel your belief in God. God is your best friend. God is the one that can give you the affirmation where nobody else is there for you. God, I believe this about young people, is that every young person is looking for a cause for them to give their youth to, but sometimes, you know, in the wake of life, sometimes the cause of Jesus may seem a little buried. But I want to tell you, young person, that for you to live for Jesus and for the cross is the greatest cause that you can ever give your life to. Yeah. Amen? For you to 
Go to church for you to find out the calling of God over your life because I believe this for young people. To strengthen what remains is God is making a call for you to do everything in your power to seek him. God is making a call to you, not for you to seek for affirmation on social media, but for you to seek for affirmation in who God says you are. You are a son and daughter of God. That is what he says. That is what he calls you. And so, again, I want to make a call also to strengthen what remains to the one who possesses resources. You know, I know a lot of people who God has blessed richly and abundantly. And one of the things that they always tell me is, you know, when I started out, I always used to ask the Lord, Lord, Use what you're going to give me so that I can help your kingdom. And the Bible says that at one point of time, you ask God to help you with that business idea for you to be prosperous in the land. But it wasn't just for you and your family. It was for you to bless the kingdom of God with that. And so in, Matthew, in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, the Bible says, To all the rich of the world, I command you to strengthen what remains and not to be wrapped up in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or to rely on your wealth, for your riches are unreliable compared to the living of God. He says, when you make an investment in the stock market, or you make an investment in real estate, that doesn't even compare when you make a spiritual investment because it's going to provide a beautiful foundation for your life and secure for them a great future as you lay hold and the hands upon the meaning of what true life means. The greatest investment that you can do as a person who has resources is for you to invest in the kingdom of God. Because that is why God gave you that. That is why God gave you the, the, the knowledge, the, the wisdom for you to go into that. And so again, church, to strengthen what remains, what does that mean? I spoke to you how strengthen what remains, what does that mean for us individually, right? But what does that mean for us as a church now? Because you and I belong to a body, which is called the body of Christ. And the Bible says that the church is not a building and the pastor is not responsible only, but every one of us are the outside church and how we live matters. How you and I live matters because the way that you and I live outside of these walls is what's going to intrigue that other person that doesn't know about the Lord to come inside these walls. And so if our lives is not lining up and we're not strengthening what remains, then what else is there for? Understand this church that this is not a word of condemnation for none of us, no. But this is a call for all of us because as you and I know, the same thing happens in marriage, right? Uh, Joelle is about to get married, praise God. And so we all know, right? The first year of marriage, man, I'm living on the high line, right? But then the years come, and now you have to work some things out. You have to now strengthen that love, strengthen that emotion that you first went into. It doesn't come easy. It goes away sometimes. But when you work it, when you do 
the things that God calls us to do. When you put yourself second, when you forgive one another, then that is how you strengthen something. And so I'm not saying today that we have lost everything and we have lost the love of God. No, what I'm saying is that what God has deposited in you needs to be re-strengthened. Anything in this world needs to be rebuilt. Anything in this world need maintenance in their lives. And so God, as a church in Romans chapter 11, verse 5, God says, and that is but one example of what God is doing in this age of fulfillment. But God's grace empowers his chosen remnant. And since there is by grace, it can be a matter of the good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the gift of God or the gift of grace. But it is... It is not earned by human effort. And so I believe this word, as I've been hearing Pastor Dave speaking about the favor of God, how the favor of God changes laws. The favor of God changes regulation. The favor of God opens up doors for you that you never imagined for him to open up. And so I thought the other day, you know, the government think that by them sending us a stimulus check, they're going to fix everything. And they're not. But I began to look at the word stimulus. And that word stimulus means re-strengthen. That word stimulus means to, to activate. That word stimulus means that you need to add an addition to and to re-strengthen the power that was already in existence. And so I believe that as the people of God, as us obtaining the favor of God, God is calling us to be a stimulus remnant. A stimulus remnant. What does that mean, the word remnant? Remnant is that small group of people that is not going to be led by what is going on in the world. Remnant is a small group of people that is going to be deciding, I'm going to live for God no matter what is happening. I'm going to trust the Lord. And know this, a remnant is somebody who serves God through the suffering and the good. Never giving up on the Lord. There's a lot of people today that when they're having a bad day or something bad happens to them, all of a sudden we just blame God for it. Why does God have to be the one to be blamed for? There's an enemy out to get you. There's, there are demons, there's kings and demonic strongholds that the enemy has purposely set up for you to live in fear, for you to not believe the word of God. And so as a remnant, I believe that God is calling us and he's giving us the tools to stimulate the faith in the atmosphere. To provoke faith where faith is no longer there. To drive out doubt from those around us. That is what God is calling us, church. In the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, the Bible speaks of different remnants that stood against the times and they gave momentum. They stimulate to preserve God's word in those times. Also, from Malachi to Matthew, there was a gap of 400 years where people didn't even hear about God. There was no prophet in the land. And what happened then? people started making up things of what God wanted to do in their lives. But then in Matthew, Jesus came and he shows us what we are to do in these times. And so from Matthew to Revelation, God is still calling us to be that remnant, to drive out fear, to drive out doubt, to believe God in the midst of hard circumstances. Because again, 
When there is revival, there is also chaos in the outside world. We cannot expect that revival will happen and everybody's going to live in peace, everything is okay. No. The Bible says that in the last days, children will race against their mothers and their fathers and fathers will be against their children and there will be division and there will be earthquakes and so many different things. But yet God says, strengthen what remains. I pray that you would sink that into your spirit to strengthen what remains, to strengthen what remains good in your life today. Strengthen that glimpse of hope inside of you. Strengthen. Maybe today you only have a little bit of faith, but God says if you strengthen that faith, you can be a giant in the kingdom of God. If you just strengthen that little bit of hope that you can receive your miracle today, God says, I can come and meet you halfway. But it's not going to be an issue where everything is dependent on God and we just don't do anything. No. God says you need to activate your faith. You need to activate your calling. You need to activate what I have deposited in you. Because you are called. You are destined. You do have a purpose. I don't believe that when people come to church and they have made the declaration for Jesus to be the Lord of their lives, that the life after that is just for me to show up to church on Sunday morning. That is not what God has for us, church. He, that, that is the farthest thing of what the gospel was created for. But you know what the gospel was created for in the New Testament? The Bible says, strengthen what remains. To strengthen that which has been lost. The fear of the Lord has been lost in this world. The fear and the living for righteously has been lost in many people in this world. That is why in Luke chapter 7, John's disciples come to Jesus and they say, Are you the one who we are expecting? And I often wonder, why did they even ask that? I mean, the things that Jesus was doing was like anything that they ever heard before. And they're, they're there to ask, are you the one? He says, are you the coming Messiah? Luke chapter 7 verse 20. We've been expecting. Or are we to continue to look for someone else? John the prophet has sent us to seek your answer. You know, during this time... I need to tell you this, and is what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for another moment than the one we have right now? Are we waiting for something else to happen? But I believe that now is where healing can come. Now is where grace can be released through your life and what you speak and how you act and how you live. Now, I've been impressed by this group called the Circle Riders. This is a group of people that went to the corner of where George Floyd was murdered and they began to preach Jesus into that crowd, that angry crowd. And people began to actually give their lives to the Lord. And the next thing they did was they brought a tank of water and people began to be baptized. That's something the news won't tell you. But that is what God is calling us to do in the middle of these times. Amen? And look at what Jesus says. After he healed some people, after he delivered some people, then he said, okay, I'm ready to answer you, John's disciples. He says in verse 22, 
Only then did Jesus answer the question posted by John's disciples. And he says, now go back and tell John what you have just seen and heard here today. The blind are now seeing. The cripple are now walking. There were lepers and now they are cured. Those who were deaf are now hearing. Those who were dead are now raised back up to life. The poor and the broken are giving hope of salvation. And tell John that the blessings of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me. Somebody say amen to that. The blessings of God comes upon you that never lose your belief in God. We are called to be a stimulus remnant. We're not called to destroy things. We're not called to judge who God puts in authority over our lives. God says, I place every authority over your life in Romans chapter 13. And he calls us to pray for those authorities. And so again, God is calling us to raise up the banner of Jesus on high. And we need to realize racism is a spiritual problem. It's not a feeling or culture situation. It is a spiritual problem. Why? Because racism has existed all the way back in Genesis. Abraham's descendants were against Ishmael's descendants. Israel was against the pagan nations, the Canaanites, the Parasites. And in the New Testament, the Jews right, were put against the Samaritans, the Romans, and the Greek. So because without God, we have a fallen nature. It is very hard for me to believe that just by putting laws in place, this malign spirit is going to end. Because this is a spiritual problem. The racism, the the root of racism is hatred and jealousy. I hate that I don't like this person. Jealousy, I hate that they have what I cannot get. Race Division is what racism is. The only author of division is Satan. He takes a little hint of division and he exploits that and makes it even bigger than what it is. That is what you're seeing today in this world. But I believe that there's still a message that is important and that God is calling to stimulate the power of God on this earth. And that is that if you need life today, you can call on Jesus today. If you need healing in your spirit, mind and body and soul, so so is heaven stimulus package for your life. So so is heaven stimulus package for your life. So today, and in life, you will experience seasons that may be hard. You may experience seasons of despair, of heartbrokenness, but I want to tell you as I conclude and as I finish is that God does have promises for you and your people. God promised that he will protect us in a time of need. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. The Bible says, the Lord will not abandon his people because it will dishonor his great name. God will never abandon you. God will never leave you. God will never, God will never, that is the craziest thing 
and how the enemy can make us believe sometimes that God has left us or neglected us. But the Bible says that God will not abandon his people. Why? Because it will dishonor his own name. Right there where you're at. And you may be asking yourself, Pastor, but what about what I'm going through? What about what I feel that God has departed me? He tells you today, he will never depart as long as you keep calling on him. It will never, he will never depart because it will dishonor God to leave you in the middle of your mess because God is the author and he is also the finisher of your faith. Amen? God also promised in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 2, as the worship team makes their way back, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. His spirit has made you holy, and as a result, you have obeyed him, and you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And the spirit of Christ is going to give you more grace and more peace over your life. God is your shalom in the midst of these moments. If you're lacking peace today in a world we live in, I tell you today, God has cleansed you by his spirit. Nothing that we have done, but it's everything that he has done for you and I. It's because of his grace being showered over you. So God has chosen you. I want you to pay attention to this. God has chosen you to preserve his kingdom in this world. He has chosen you for that. Why do I believe that with all of my heart? Because God has chosen you, and he will preserve everything that is around you. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. The Bible says in Genesis 45, verse number 7, it says, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So in these times that we're living in, I believe God is sending us ahead. I know there's times where you wake up and you say, God, how are my children going to live in this world? God, how are we going to raise them up? How are we going to build this family you're calling, to, calling us to? But the Lord gives you a promise here, and he says, if you go ahead and if you trust me, if you know that I'm going ahead of you and I am protecting behind you, you will go ahead to preserve the future of your future generations. You will go ahead to preserve the future of the future generations that will come after you. Amen? As God's people, we are called to be a blessing and to bring God's kingdom into this world. Jesus talked about a remnant, a small group of people that will believe him. And he says this in Luke chapter 12. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. He gives the Father, God, great pleasure to give you the kingdom when you need it, when you ask for it, when you believe for it, when you put your faith for it. And then I want to remind us of one thing and one thing only. We will have no power and no authority if it wasn't because of the cross. It is because of the cross that you and I can live a life full of hope. 
It is because of the cross that we have redemption and it's made available for us. It is because of the cross of Jesus that can make it possible for the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Think about this. Without the cross, heaven may have no authority. But because of the cross and the word of our testimony, now we have the answer that people are looking for. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me in this moment? You may be asking yourself, is this even possible? And I want to tell you that the question should not be if this is possible because I show you through God's word how he always preserved that group of people and he calls us to strengthen that which remains. I don't know what is it that you're going through today, but I know one thing about God. What is the first order of business today for you and your families? The first one is for us to come in repentance. Repentance for what, you may ask. Maybe we have treated our brothers and sisters in a manner not worthy of what God calls us to treat them like. Maybe God is asking us to give and extend forgiveness and, not, and drive out hatred and jealousy. I want to say this testimony about AFA Church, and it is this. When I came into this church as a young man, broken, lost, and I came in as a minority, a Hispanic person. Every single person in this church loved me unconditionally. They didn't think about where I came from or what I did or what was my past, but they gave me a new chance. They accepted me as if I was their own. And this church has accepted so many like me. Talk about Pastor Joely, talk about Tim McCain. These were people that we were looked upon as minorities, but when we came into this place, the love of God was spread and something changes in the atmosphere. And so I believe with all of my heart that when you do that, when you treat people as they are created by God, it is better for the kingdom of God. Amen? And so if you're answering this call, First is repentance, to strengthen what remains. Second is for you to answer the call to what? Many of you, I heard this from the Lord as I was praying for this service. Many of you, God has been giving you an idea, a desire, a dream, a word, a step to start walking in your calling, but you have been waiting on a pastor or a leader. God cannot do anything unless you take the first step. And so, to those of you who God has been showing you things for you to take a step, for you to walk on, the waiting is over. But God says, strengthen what remains. Because one of the things that happens is when we don't strengthen what remains, is that we lose that. And so, the next call is for you to strengthen what remains you know one thing about the Holy Spirit is that he doesn't need a preacher to tell you what you're doing wrong the Holy Spirit convicts 
every heart, every mind, and every thought that you have. And so I believe that you already know that one thing you need to fix, that one thing you need to amend, that one thing you need to release over to God. Why? Because all the sinner or the person who is in need is, all they need is an exit. All they need is a glimpse of hope. And so today, there is a glimpse of hope because there is healing in this house. There is salvation in this house. And so if any of you today, with every eyes closed, every head bowed, the Lord says, strengthen what remains. Strengthen what remains means I have spoken to you privately. I have given you prophetic words to you and to your house. I have given you dreams. I have given you visions. But today, some of those things remain in the back. But God is calling a church today, AFA Church, to bring these things into priority. To bring God as the source of everything that you do. To bring God as the source of every decision. And to strengthen what remains. And what remains inside of you, it doesn't matter how little it is. God says, I'm willing to work with you. If only you will say yes to me. So if this is you today, if you need salvation for your life, if you need forgiveness for something you've done, or if you need clarity for a step you need to take, just lift up your hands right there where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, I'm going to pray with you. And if you feel led to come to the front, the altar is open. I love being on the altar because it's a conversation between me and God. Nobody else. But right there where you're at, the altar is open right now. You can come forward if that is where you feel God is leading you to. But right now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every person who has been convinced that you are after their hearts, that you are after their soul, and that you are after their spiritual life. And every person who this message has touched, I pray, God, that if there is something we need to repent for, Lord, we repent in Jesus' name. And you said that when we do that, you put us right back where we left off. It's not starting over, but it's starting off and picking up where you were leading us to, Lord. I pray right now that if we have treated our brothers and sisters not in a manner that you were asking us for, Lord, we ask that you will put the love of Christ inside of us. God, if there's somebody in this building that has been impressed by you to start something, to teach something, to give a word, and to, Father, follow a step that you're asking them to, I pray that you will empower them by your grace right now. If there's anybody in this building that needs healing of their bodies and even of their minds, God, I pray that you will provide that healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the best days for this church are ahead. 
The best days, God, for every ministry in this church are moving forward. The best days, God, are in the horizon. The best days even starts now, declares the Lord in Jesus' name. For every family, for every father, every mother, every husband, every wife, the Lord says this, if you will heed to my call to you to strengthen what remains, you're going to be amazed at what I'm going to do in your life and through you. In Jesus' name we pray.